Hello, Victory. It's with great pleasure I get to introduce one of my dearest friends, Dr. John Maxwell, who's going to come and speak in just a few moments. But before he does, I just want to tell you a little bit about our relationship and why he is so important to us today. I met John in 1993 at a stewardship conference where I was sitting at breakfast uh, waiting for a speaker to talk to us about how to raise money to build churches. And the guy that was sitting next to me was very, very personable. We just had a great conversation. He was asking me about the church. And at the time, we had about 300 people at Victory. And I was so excited, so proud. I was just a young pastor looking forward to the future. And this guy was such an encouragement to me that, that I kind of went away from that breakfast. And I thought, wow, that's, that's, that, you know, that's what I needed. I needed somebody to encourage me to keep going forward. A little bit after the breakfast, they introduced the speaker, and of all things, the guy that was sitting next to me was the speaker. It was Dr. John Maxwell. I had no idea about what was about to unfold in my life with this man. For the next several years, we started going to his conferences, reading his books. Many of you have read his leadership books, over 70 books he's authored, over 20 million sales and books, probably one of the greatest leaders, authors, speakers in our generation on leadership. I had no idea that God would link us together in partnership. And when he started Equip Ministry back in the early, in the mid-90s, and we started supporting that ministry, we became close friends. And a few years later, he offered to mentor me personally. And for several years, we met personally, had meetings, had times of fellowship where I was able to ask really incredible questions about the future of the church, how to lead the church. And because of many things that he has shared with me and things I've read in his books, We've implemented those things in our church, and this is why I believe our church has become very successful. Dr. Maxwell has been a dear friend of mine, but not only that, he's been like a father figure to us from afar. So I want you, please, to give a warm welcome to one of my dearest friends, one of my mentors, a person that I've always looked up to, someone who has fathered me in the faith and someone who means so much to us personally as a church. Give a warm welcome to Dr. John Maxwell as he comes and shares with us this morning. Thank you, Victory, and all of you who are online, we're delighted to have you join us today. Wow. First of all, let me just say, worship was amazing, wasn't it? Just amazing. You, you have worship like this every weekend, do you? Yeah. So I, I, I figured that. When you go to heaven, you're going to want to come home on the weekend, aren't you? And to be here on this incredible day uh, of celebration of this transition, and uh, Dennis and Colleen, my precious friends, I love you very much. And to be honored to be able to be a part of this service uh, because of your kindness to me, I, I, I'm very grateful. But um, I, I want to say this on, on not only on behalf of myself, but on, on behalf of thousands of people at Victory. Um, every one of us, our lives are better because of your obedience to the calling that God gave you. And we love you, and we want you to know that very much. I just love how you love your leaders. 
And I just uh, want to talk to you about um, the eternal race. I, I write books, and I always have um, books that I want to write on my list. I always have at least eight, usually maybe up to 10 or 12. And, and one of the books I want to write in the future will be entitled, Is There a Finish Line? And the reason it will be a question is because the answer is yes and no. For, for some people, for many people, there is a finish line. And, and for some people, there is no finish line. Uh, some people, when they look at life in this race that we are running, they basically think it started with their birth and ends with their death. Kind of like they were on the first on the scene and the last on the scene. Always amazes me. When people get my age, they always look at the next generation and they think they're going to hell. They kind of think, you know, we're the last great generation. I don't think that at all. I just think that the future is much brighter than today. And I expect you to just stand on old man's shoulders like my own. I, 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 just, I just want you to understand that, that if, if you think there's a finish line, that it kind of starts with you and ends with you, it, people, people put what I call false finish lines in their life. And, and, and when you cross your finish line, if, that's, if you really feel that, when you cross your finish line, I, I have news for you. My name's John. I'm your friend. I have news for you. If you cross your finish line, you're finished. I know some people that they're already dead. They just haven't made it official yet. But the Bible says that this is an eternal race, that there is no finish line. And it so beautifully describes this race in, in Hebrews 11, the great faith chapter, and then the beginning of Hebrews 12, as the writer reflects upon all the great men and women that have been in this long race with us, starting back with, you know, coming back with Abel and, and then the patriarchs and, and, and just all the men and women for thousands of years that have been running this race. And the Hebrew writer begins with chapter 12, verse 1, with these words, do you see what this means? In other words, do you understand what I've just shared with you about all these men and women who have been running this eternal race? Do you see what this all means? All of these pioneers who blazed the way, all of these veterans cheering us on. In other words, after they have finished their life, they haven't finished the race. They just go to the stands and they cheer us on because they know that there is more to the race. So they're cheering us on. So we have learned about many people who trusted God long ago and they were like a very big crowd all around us and that we should copy their example. We must be like people who run in a race. We must throw away everything that stops us from running well. The sins that we, do, that, that, that we do make us fall down very easily, and so we must not let those sins rule us. God has prepared the way that is in front of us, and we must continue to be strong while we run along the way. We must choose to run that race well, and as we run, we must always look towards Jesus He's the one who trusted God completely. And so the question is, when we look at this scripture, is why are there thousands and thousands of people over thousands of years who are in the stands cheering us on? And the answer is because the race is not over. The race is eternal. My father, on July 4th this year, passed away. He was 98 and, and, and so, so many wonderful friends of mine said, well, I'm so sorry that you lost your dad. And I said, I, I didn't lose him. I know exactly where he is. <laughs> you can't lose someone if you know where they are. 
My, my dad's in the stands now. My dad's in the stands. He's, he's with the saints. He, he's cheering us. I know exactly where he is. And, and why is it that we are encouraged to, to be strong while we run the race? Because this race is an infinite, eternal race. Because we know that. Those who run this eternal race, there are three things I want to make observations about them very quickly. And the first one is this. They need others to run well. If, there, if this is an eternal race, it, it's not about one person, okay? It's, 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 not a, it's, just, it's not about me. I, I need you. You need me. We need each other to really run this race well. And that's why the Hebrew writer says that the veterans are cheering us on and that God has prepared the way for this race for us and that, and that we, must, we must always look toward Jesus. And, and, and there are several race reminders I give you just briefly, and, and one of them is the fact that, that really one is too small of a number to achieve greatness. It just is. There's no such thing as one person on their own who's ever achieved greatness by themselves. It's, it's like the law of Mount Everest in my book on the laws of teamwork, that, that, that as the challenge escalates, the need for teamwork elevates. And the bigger the goal, the bigger the challenge, the longer the, longer the race, the more that we need each other. What does that mean? That, that means I need you. That this, this is a race that I don't run on my own. That you need me. That this, 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 this race that we've been running we, we've been having great leads and great f f food from Dennis and Colleen. We've needed them, but guess what? They've needed you. And every great leader needs the people that they lead. And, and it, it, it's, it's, it's not one, it's, it's all. And this is, this is a huge concept that, that, that I'm part of the race, but I'm not the center of the race. And, and I need you and you need me. In fact, look at your neighbor and say, I, I need you. Tell them that. I, I need you. I need you. Look, look right back at them and, 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 hey, hey, and smile with great confidence and say, and you need me. Yeah, and you need me. It, wasn't it more fun to say, and you need me, huh? <laughs> wasn't that just a little, and you need me. Yes, I need you, and, and you need me. Why? Because we need each other. It's an eternal race. And this race that we're running, it's a relay race. And, and Jesus in the Great Commission really helps us understand the fact it's a relay race. What did he do? He looked at his disciples and said, look, I want, I'm going to leave you now. I'm going I'm to pass the torch on to you. I'm going to give you the baton. And, and what's amazing is the disciples never became, never fulfilled their greatness of potential until Jesus left. You understand that people really stand up more and, 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 and walk stronger and longer when they're handed that, that baton. It's a relay race. And, and the baton, another observation quickly about this, this race is the fact that, that the baton, it must be passed on at full speed. There, there's never been a relay race run where the person that had the baton just said, well, you know, I'm going to keep running until I just get tired. And they start getting tired, and they say, well, you know, I, I need to kind of jog a little bit. And, you know, and, and kind of, no, no relay race has ever been run unless every runner, every runner hands the baton off at full speed. Only full speed gives victory. 
And there's a tendency for, for leaders so many times to, to just, you know, to kind of say, well, I've still got a lot in me. I've got a lot in the tank yet. One of the things I admire so much about you, Dennis and Colleen, is the fact that you're the founding pastors. You, you can stay here forever and ever. Hallelujah. Oh, man. I mean, after all, they're the founders. What are you going to do? Kick the founder out? But because you love the church so much and because you have a big picture of the race. Come on now. Come on. You got a big picture here. And, and yes, you're in the race, you're part of the race, but you're not the race. And, 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 you're, and you're, you're, they are handing the, they're handing the baton off to Johnson and Summer at full speed, at full speed. It, hey, Victory Church has never been better than Victory Church is right now. You're in your best days and they're handing the baton off on the best days. Another, another part of this eternal race that people that run it understand is they realize that over time, secondly, that change is essential, that, that, that change happens. This church was planted over 30 years ago, and it's the same church, but it's not the same church. But it is the same church, but it's not the same church. You, you understand, don't you, huh? I mean, let me ask you a question. How many of you were here when the church was started? Let me just see your hand. Oh, this is good, yeah. One, two, three, yeah. There's probably four or five. I don't see you all, but hey, it wasn't massive. By the way, mass movements don't begin with masses. They just begin with a few that are committed. But so, you see, it's the same church. It was called Victory Church. It's been called Victory Church, but it's not the same church. Change, change is inevitable. And when change happens, we don't like change. The only change we like if it's, it's our idea. We do, I mean, it, 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 we're, change makes us uncomfortable. Just do me, just, just cross your arms for me, would you? Just cross your arms. Beautiful. Now, let me tell you something. You've done that thousands of times. Let me tell you something else. Every time you cross your arms, you cross your arms the same way. If you don't believe that, just cross them the other way for a moment and see how it feels. Come on, clasp your hands with me. Clasp your hands. You've done it thousands of times. Thousands of times. But you do it the same way every time. If you don't think so, just move those over one finger and crock. Do it, do it now. Uh, you, see? you see, we like to stay in our comfort zone. And one of the things is, that is so true, and during, in fact, during COVID-19, as I've been doing a lot of leadership teaching, to a lot of people, one of the things I, I've been teaching is this, and, and this is so absolutely true. Everything you want in life but don't have, everything you want in life but don't have is outside of your comfort zone. If it was inside your comfort zone, you'd already have it. And, and that's, why, that's why it's so important to have transitions and baton and torch passage. It's, it's important because it takes us out of our comfort zone and it, it takes us into fresh territory. And, and the last thought I want to give you about, about this eternal race is the fact that those who run an eternal race, they have what I call winning DNA within them. They have the DNA of a winner. And, and I tell you right now, Dennis and Colleen, when they started this church, they wanted to make sure you had Winning DNA, and they called it Victory Church. They, they wanted to know right on the front, hey, they, they called it Victory Church before they had a victory. 
They, they, hey, they, did, they, didn't, they didn't call it another church. They didn't call it first church. They, they, called, it, they called it victory church. They, they wanted to instill victory DNA inside of you. I have a coaching company. And every time, every six months when we bring thousands of our coaches together and I, and I, I, I do a teaching every year two, year, two hours of teaching on John Maxwell T, JMT DNA. And I just go down and say, let me, let me tell you what, let me tell you the DNA if you belong to this organization. Let me, let me tell you who you are. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you what you embrace in your life. And, and, and when I think of Dennis, when I think of you and Colleen, you have put incredible, you, you put Rouse DNA all over this church. And, and let me explain to you what I mean by that. One of the things I've admired so much about them from the very first time I knew them, is that they value all people. And they said, we want to have a church just like heaven, where every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. We want to have all nations. We want to, we want to, have, we want to have all of God's creation in our church. And they value people. And because they value people, they constantly add value to people. You've got, you've got that in you. That's who you are. They've got character DNA. They're bigger on the inside than they are on the outside. They're better on the inside than they are on the outside. And because they're bigger on the inside than they were on the outside, guess what did? God did? God blessed the outside. See, I always say, let's take care of the inside. God will take care of the outside. And because they're better on the inside than they are on the outside, they've continually to get better, that they've grown beautiful with age. Another DNA that they have is leadership. They, they just love, they love leadership. When Dennis talked about meeting me 30 years ago almost and coming to that conference, that stewardship conference, I, I marked them, I marked them in the very beginning. I mean, we were doing conferences, but these, I mean, these two kids, they were just young and I, they, I, I'll be honest with you, they weren't, they weren't brilliant, but they were zealous. <laughs> they were zealous. And, and, and let me tell you something else. They were hungry. They were teachable. You know, leaders see more than others see, and they see before others see. And, and these two, they had this incredible appetite to see more and to see before because they believed that God put within them the birthing of a great church called Victory. And they could, they could see themselves not only as they were, but as they were going to become. And, and they, just, they just stood out. There'd be thousands of people in a conference. And, and these, these two kids, they wouldn't let me alone. You know what I'm talking about? They just wouldn't let me alone. I, when, when, during the break, they'd be up there talking to me while I'm signing books. They'd be coming talking to me and asking me more questions and how could we do this? And they, you know, they, just, they just had hundreds. And, in fact, I, sometimes I look at them and say, are they ever going to run out of questions? <laughs> and guess what? They haven't. Because if you're asking questions, you're still having an appetite to learn. You're still having an appetite to learn. We had dinner last night, and they're still asking questions. I just finally gave up on them. I said, they're going to ask questions until Jesus comes. <laughs> and then when he comes, they'll say, is this it? And I'll say, it's it. Now, could you shut up and quit asking questions? They just, they, they, what are they? They have just this appetite to learn and to grow and consistency. They have put a DNA consistency in this church that is absolutely awesome. You talk about, listen, consistency compounds. And they have, over the years, they have been faithful. They have been obedient. 
And as they've been faithful and obedient, they have just grown and the church has grown with them. The church is nothing more than, a, than, than who they are and what they've done. And, and what I love about you are, you are known as a giving church, but you've never given more than what you're going to give today when you do this transition. You're known as a sending church, but you'll never send more than you're sending right today. So what excites me more than anything else, what excites me more than anything else is the fact that your best days are ahead. When I, when I, when I transitioned out of my last church in San Diego, the first Sunday I preached, in my first Sunday I preached in that church, I shared with them that basically I had the greatest job in the world, that they paid me to get them to work, that I was going to equip them as a congregation. And I did. I equipped them just like they've equipped you here. And, and when I left the church, I told them, I said, your best days are ahead. I said, honestly, you, you, your, your best days are ahead. About a year later, I was talking with, having lunch with some of the leaders, and they said, John, is, this is amazing. He said, since you've left, attendance is up. We've never had as many people. Baptisms are up. Membership is up. The giving is up. They said, since you left, everything has gotten better. <laughs> they said, honest to God, if we'd have known it was this going to be this good, you could have left 10 years ago. <laughs> and I sat and we laughed. I laughed till I cried. And I said to myself, that's exactly the way it should be. Great leaders are always replaceable because they find their replacement. And God honors that change and that transition. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? And that's what he is doing here today in Victory Church. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for these incredible people that have the DNA of victory in their life, in their personal life, in their family life, in their church life. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if God be for you, who could be against you? And yes, in your future, you could do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And God's people said, God bless you.